what is going on chiefs kingdom welcome back to another episode of the kingdom says i am your host as always garrett williams and i am joined today by my two usual co-hosts first of all uh, on my left your right arrowhead tom at the top right of the screen which is i just realized a little unusual usually it's not tom at the top right of the screen yeah, tom yeah, on the top right of the screen today yeah you how are we doing tom? Uh, I tell you what, I am uh, not ready for it to be as cold as it is. I got this little sinus mm. congestion stuff. So if my voice cracks in the middle of anything I'm saying, please uh, forgive me. But other than that, I'm you know I got this new chair from my office and it's super comfy, and so I'm I'm really feeling that right now. Uh, so I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good place. I would have been in a much better mood if uh, MVS could catch a damn ball. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we sure will. Also join us, of course, at the bottom of the screen, Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are we doing today, sir? Uh, doing all right. Doing fine. Holiday weekend, Chiefs coming up Sunday. Watching our own face be, fan base be absolute garbage. It's fun. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. In, in you guys Chiefs should really this. root for your own injuries on your own team. Nobody should ever accuse this fan base of doing it for other teams because we don't root for other teams' injuries. We root for our own. Disgusting. Hmm. Yeah, it Pretty is. Crazy. But yeah, a lot of a lot been going on in uh, in Chiefs Kingdom this week. Obviously, following the uh, loss to the Philadelphia Eagles um, on Monday Night Football in a thrilling defeat. Um, Tom, kind of the same same uh, charade as the whole season has kind of been the theme. Uh, the offense really not delivering in the second half, especially. Well, all game they, it was kind of iffy, but the second half it kind of really fell apart on them. Um, but the defense did their job of course it was just uh yeah kind of the lack of the offense that that killed us once again well i'm saying it fell apart is i think like it's generous because mm. it didn't just fall apart it just stopped existing right like it it was and this is i don't know how many games it's been in three games that they haven't scored a point or they've scored like three points in the second half of the last three games or something abysmal like that um you know and and i understand there's a lot of elements to that and these are professional athletes and, you know, we go through that. They'll get it right. They'll get at this. And, you know, Andy's always going to say, you know, it's on me. And cause he's, you know, he's a good leader. He's a good coach, but you know, there is, I think some of that is there's a good part of that. That's coaching, right? Like how much are we shutting down, right? How, how much are we failing to adapt or getting stuck? One of the things that, you know, was notable about the Philly game was Pacheco like was running really well in the first half. And then he did okay in the second, and they just they moved away from it. And um, the other thing, you know, the turnovers and the penalties have been, um, I think, Pretty you know, killer. we, yeah, well, when we talked about, I, you know, I alluded to the drop, you know, that MBS had and, and some other things, but there's been a lot of penalties, and you know, and it felt like it, the first the first half of football was perfect, like could not have asked for a first half, and then we just went total Jackal and Hyde and um looked like a different team and it was the and it was the same old same old right drop passes fumbles mm -hmm. Jawan taylor getting you know called for a couple of, i think it was a pair of false starts i think donovan smith got a holding it just yeah, it just like smith had one in there it's just yeah very just sloppy, snowballed. sloppy football. like one person made a mistake and it became contagious and some of that might be a mentality right like oh you know it's one of the things that this team has always done well with Patrick Mahomes is bounce back from bad plays or bad drives. We haven't seen that as much this year. And it's been, I think, frustrating because we've been very fortunate to see some like, you know, 
big comebacks and some bounce backs from from frustrations, even when players, you know, are struggling. Um, you know, philosophically, I know Andy likes to give kid, give guys a chance, and um, you know, we just haven't seen that same you know net positive response of, hey, you know, I had a bad bad drive, bad play, I fumbled the ball, whatever. Now I come back out and make a play. Um, we just we haven't seen we've only seen one half of that, which is the bad play and then more bad plays, or just no like makeup yeah. plays. Not say. much rebounding, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. it's just kind of stacks on top of each other, bad play after bad play. It's crazy. It's it's the theme has been the offense is shooting itself in the foot over and over. And you know, we had a couple games where it's it seemed like it was clicking together. And even like I said in the first half, it looked okay. You know, it looked that we were moving the ball with at least some efficiency. Um, still had some drops and some mistakes, but uh, to, I just don't understand what happens at halftime. Like we just go in there and n- what what's talked about? What's like? Do we make changes? Are there changes being made just too much by the other team that we just don't adapt to it? I don't know. I don't know the uh, the cut and dry solution, Kyle. I don't know if you have any potential ideas. Still muted. Oh. Your your two best players can't give the ball away for free twice. And they did. And I know we can talk about the drops and the this and the that and the rhythm of the offense and everything else. Your two best players committed two red zone turnovers inside the 10-yard line on terrible plays. Mm-hmm. That throw was awful. Could Watson have run it more to the corner? Probably. That throw was in a bad spot. Plain simple. Yeah. And floated. Uh, oh, yeah, it's definitely the, floated. It's the best throw. wide receiver t- target on your team, your best pass-catching option on your team, caught the hook route and then proceeded to get the ball punched out again this year and then proceeded mm-hmm. to exacerbate it by, again, punching the ground and potentially ruining his hands when <laughs> that's the only thing we have right now for that If with everybody yeah. else panicking about all the other things. So um, that's part of your problem is – your two best players can't play badly and then expect a bunch of young guys to pick them up. I think coaching comes yeah. into it. They're not adjusting at half times. I think some mm-hmm. of it has to do with Andy's stubbornness and we, uh, the conversation about EB and Nagy. It's not about who's calling plays. It's who's willing to tell Andy no more often. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing a little bit different right now. Um, the other part of it is that they don't have any confidence. There's mm-hmm. that wide receiver room has no one in it that's really done it consistently at a high level ever. Not from mm-hmm. the most experienced wide receiver in the room to the least experienced wide receiver in the room to the coach in the room. None of them have ever done it ever, ever, ever. And I'm sorry. I know <laughs> I know we don't want to keep banging on people don't seem to think the wide receiver coach being completely incompetent is a problem. This being a test run for a receivers coach with a bunch of unproven, under underdeveloped receivers who we knew have not been developed as far, who we knew were underdeveloped. One came from a like middle of nowhere school at a different level of competition. One's from SMU. One <laughs> is a reclamation project that you stole from the Giants, who's still not been on the field much and is now out again. But uh, what like? Putting a, a wide receiver coach in that room that has never 
even played the position in college is a problem or coached it in college is a problem. I don't care if he was your passing game coordinator last year. That is not working directly drill to drill day to day with the wide receivers all day long mm-hmm. and instilling confidence in these guys that they can, even if they drop one, go out and make a bunch more plays. Or yeah. if they run a wrong route or if they, but it, and it goes again back to your best players. Well, your sixth year veteran in that room is getting told to keep running his corner route because he stops to look for a ball and it goes over his head and it's an incompletion when it should have been a first down and then drops a tutty. Stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about the when, when MBS, there, was the, there was the big drop and then there was when he turned around. The corner like he just route, when he turns, yeah. when he's got yeah. two steps on the DB – and all he's yep. supposed to do is keep running to the sideline, and Patrick puts it right where he would have been hit. Like, it yep. would have hit him right here. Granted, we know yep. hitting him right here doesn't always mean catch, <laughs> but it would have hit him right here. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that just so comes back to the, the miscommunication. There's the under the under coaching, the lack of coaching, the you know, fundamentals. The lack of experience yeah. in that room from front to back. It's definitely like you're just you're not setting up anyone for success. Like you're not setting up a young wide receiver coach with experienced guys who kind of know what they're doing, and you're not setting up these young guys with an experienced and, wide receiver coach. It's like you can't have both in the same at the out, same time, you know. And you went out and got the guy who is experienced in the offense, who's played in it for four years, and he broke his. I, th- I thought he broke his thumb when it happened. They said dislocated, so I'm. I guess maybe I'm hopeful it's just dislocated and not broke. I don't know which would be worse or quicker at this point. I don't know. Either way, he's out next week. It's out four weeks regardless. And, you know, like I said, I I said it to start with, but I'm really tired of everybody being in such a hurry to confirm priors that whether you outright said you were rooting or wishing for the injury to happen to the player or not, your initial reaction is to run so fast with your Twitter fingers or your social media fingers to whatever site you can get your fingers on to tell everybody that you were right about what the, about the, how that was a bad decision or how this was, should have gone that dude, these guys, first of all, them being injured doesn't make you right. Their process. You may not like that's fine, but that doesn't make you right. Honestly, He's probably been went on the field the best receiver in the locker room since he got there. He hasn't they haven't used him much, but when they've used him, he's been effective. And as soon as he went down with the punt returns, what happened? Everybody panicked because they thought Sky was going back to return punts. <laughs> Thank that is God. the worst case scenario. I <laughs> watched the timeline have an absolute meltdown for ten minutes until they realized that Kadarius was the one back there catching punts, who, by the way, is now also out. Hurt. So yeah, like There's definitely stop, a lot of stop the rooting for your prior and making you, making you look like you are absolutely trashing your own team because it's a real bad look and it's really crappy to do. Yeah, this fan base has a decent amount of uh, grandstanding victory lapping over very minor decisions. So I mean, you know, stupid. that's what happens when you're a very successful franchise like the Chiefs. Minor decisions like who your wide receiver five is really gets amplified, you know, in those big moments. So. It is what it is. Um, ultimately, you know, the positives from the Eagles game, the defense played very well once again. Um, Legereus Sneed had a big interception. Chris Jones got in there a couple times. Uh, just a very cohesive effort uh, all game, basically, from the defense, besides that one deep ball to A.J. Brown, which, you know, they're going to get those ones every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, A.J. Like, Brown's having a phenomenal season. 
Crazy. I do wanna, before we before we go like too far, I want to touch on what Kyle said just for a second because okay, um, not to circle all the way back and not to cut you off, but I, I yeah. while the, do, do while it. we're on the subject because we talk about the injuries and, and it, is it frustrating as a fan? Yeah, but you know we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago when you know McColl came back to Kansas City and he was talking about the injuries that he had last year. And, you know, the fact that he was in the hospital not being able to feel his legs and we were sitting here. I, I, I will just say this, right? <clears throat> and I know we do the same thing with Canary's Tony because he's always hurt. These guys are playing at a professional level and they're not going to miss a game check. They're not going to risk their financial future because, you know, their tummy's hurt or because, you know, they've got a splinter in their finger or, you know, these are like legitimate injuries. These are things that most of us, if we like, you know, if had happened to us, we would be in pretty, we'd be pretty bad shape for a long time. We'd be out of shape for like months. Yeah. And, and on top of that, you know, then they go and they really do, they hit the rehab. It's not like, it's not like when they get hurt, they just get to go home and sit on the couch for four weeks and do nothing. Right. Um, They get their surgeries done. They go through their physical rehab. They're still running drills. They're still watching tape. They're still working. Um, And so it's, and and in Kyle's point of you know oh just trying to confirm it, it is it is bizarre sometimes it's like are you rooting for this team or are you just rooting for yourself to be right? Yep. Because they, no, that's know, I, that's about seventy five percent of what it is anymore. It has yeah. The Chiefs have transitioned from a team where we root for the team to the team where you just want to root for your predictions. That's like seventy five percent of the fan base at this point. It's it's insane to watch, and yeah. it's the well, newer fan base they're... most of the time. Yeah, I think there's also just, like, a lot of the Chiefs fan base and, like, a lot of talking heads on Chiefs Twitter, at least, that are kind of import fans, you know? I think that's been kind of talked about a little bit, but it's, like, you know, there's just guys that are covering the team just to cover the team, and, you know, they're just, like you said, you're just trying to be right more than you're trying to be... Or just be controversial and fire out as spicy yeah. stuff as you can get. There's a lot of that, then, too. And then when it, anything at all points back to that direction, that's immediately a confirmation of them being right. That's well, the, the classic The classic method of just shoot out a million takes, and if one of them's right, boom, look at you. Yeah, and then just, all my takes are correct. Yeah, then all of them. Then you have such a high so, hit rate. But yeah, yeah. It, is, it is kind of a, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, some Fairweather fans are, are definitely a fairish term, but just yeah, it's not, not even really. that. It's just the just don't don't be that guy. Don't be yeah. the I root for for anything, including injuries of my and bad things for my own team, just to confirm I was right. Don't be that dude. Yeah, yeah. Just and we got to remember these are so. these are legitimate. Like these are just guys out there playing. Like these they have families, they have people they have to support. Like calling they have a guy injury for for having a lacerated spleen or whatever it was, and not being able to feel his legs. Yeah, like, and and that being his only major injury in his entire career up yeah. until potentially having a broken or dislocated thumb this week is a wild statement to make and is a flat out lie. I'm sorry. Calling a guy injury prone for having one major injury in his career is a lie. I hope you heard me say that because I, you know who I'm talking to. I mean, I personally don't, but Oh, he does. I'm staying off Twitter because I don't want the beef. <laughs> Twitter, guys, Twitter has turned into quite a place the, uh, the past couple weeks uh, on chiefs Twitter. So it's, it's, it's certainly interesting, but yeah, the the defense let's, let's just hop over to the defense yeah, um, the defense is good defense played good once again a solid defensive performance um top to bottom really 
like it's kind of been talked about a little bit already, but the Eagles, I don't think really did much to, to necessarily win that game. You know, I mean, hate to, hate to break the Eagles fans. They did the mistakes. They did what they did. It's, it's always, it's more than often than not the chiefs kind of being themselves. You know, the, the defense had a pretty good read on the Eagles the entire game. If the, uh, if the chiefs offense just capitalizes on one of those, I mean, they had like four or five three and outs uh, for the, on the Eagles, like turnovers. It was, and the Chiefs, Chiefs had a chance offense. to be up three or four possessions based on the defense's play and did nothing yeah. with it. So it's yeah. it's kind of just been the it same theme of, of, of all the losses this year and even some of the wins. It's been like that. It's just the offense can't get it together when it when it matters most. The defense is the top defense in the league. Like that's this, not, that's, is, this is the game we were scared of with this defense, right? Yeah, like, like this, this is the one that was really we going to test them. We were like, all right. This is the game we were worried about. Even before Nick Bolton went down, like even when we were looking at this game earlier in the season, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, they're stuffing people. They're a good defense. They're not really playing a ton of crazy offenses, and they've also not really played anybody that runs the ball especially well. Well, they just did, and they just absolutely mauled them. And, oh, by the way, another number one wide receiver got nothing and liked it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much he liked yeah. it, but he got it. Yeah. Courtesy of Legereus Sneed once again. And Trent uh, McDuffie, Trent McDuffie out there. Devonte Smith got what? Two catches all night, really? Yeah, it was. A, yeah. It was and one of them was on a, and one of them was on a safety on a, on a change route on a, I think a miscommunication over the top where he got loose yeah. down the right side over that mm-hmm. on that deep ball. Yeah, and it, like I said, it was a great game by the defense. It's like you know, even I mean, Chris Jones showed up and was doing well and he had sacks um, on consecutive plays, didn't he? Yeah, two sacks yeah. in a row. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> And I don't think we scored any points off that afterwards. So it's one of those things, you know? So that's kind of the story of the Eagles game. Um, Any other final thoughts, closing thoughts of of that game? I was really happy with our defense. Like I said, especially with no Bolton against the run, against the defense, or against an offense like that. Uh, They they didn't really let them in third and short, so we didn't deal with the tush push a bunch, which is exactly how you have to play them on defense. And I thought it worked really well. I was Spags was like, nope, we're going to blitz you on first down. We're going to blitz you on second down. We're, you're not getting to third and short. You're either getting a first down or you're not getting to third and short. So mm-hmm. That's the way um, to do it. The, he's continuing to be more and more multiple. And uh, earlier this year, and I'm sure Tom's going to talk about this, and I'm probably hoping this is a nice little transition for him. Earlier this year, we talked about whether or not Legereus Sneed was a top five corner and where that kind of put this duo and what that kind of set everything up as. Um, you have, and I said then that I might be a little early, but I said that they were both top five corners and they were probably the best duo in the league. You can go ahead and take probably off of both of those sentences now. Yeah. Um, they're both top five corners in the NFL right now and they're playing together. Yeah, no, they are phenomenal and they're both, they're so interchangeable, um, in this defense and, uh, you could really ask either one of them to do anything you want them to. Uh, you know, it's it's there is a strong argument to make that there needs to be a much higher priority than I think what most people have given um, to keeping Sneed and McDuffie together uh, for this defense. Um, and I will is, end is my thought a, on that because then we get into a lot of um, 
Oh no, I'm gonna oh, ask you. Me. No, I'm gonna ask you because I know where your head went. Is this a pace need not Chris take? Go ahead, because I already know your stands on it. Go ahead. You already know. If, you know what you're gonna say, Thomas. If Brett Veach called me tomorrow and said, Thomas, what should we do for the off season? I would say, Brett, it's about time you start listening to me. I'm glad you called. Sit down. First things first, uh, I'm gonna need you to cut Sky more. But after that, <laughs> yep. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they really need to cut MPS. But um, that one I will agree with. If yeah, after this deal. season is Pull over, that is that is done. There is no everything no more. Else the as far as there I'm is concerned. no so, coming back from that. Not after last. I don't care. The AFC Championship game was fine and all. <clears throat> you have been far too inconsistent, far too often. I'm yeah. very happy with the AFC Championship game performance. That's great. Thank you for your service. Thank you for uh, your service. Yeah. See you later. Is, this is not working right now, boss. Yeah. Um. If you're asking me, do I want to pay a 26-year-old um, corner for the next year, probably around $21, $22 million a year? I'm, I'm using the um, um, Trevon Diggs contract as a kind of a place for that. So five years, $100 million, give or take. So, um, Which they overpaid. Or do I want to pay a... 30-year-old Chris Jones somewhere along the line of Aaron Donald money, which is probably 22, 23 plus, which is what we think, you know, he's looking at um, or what he wants. I would also say with the way that things had been handled negotiation wise in the past, uh, I'm not super optimistic. And as we saw last year with Orlando Brown, like the Chiefs don't want their cap situation to be held hostage. So I would simply say when you're at the combine, Mr. Brett, you need to make you need to look around and see who is buying uh, and who would like a defensive tackle, who's got maybe a first round pick that they're gonna part with. And then yes, I'm gonna go talk to Legarius, I'm gonna go talk to Willie, I'm gonna go talk to uh, probably Creed, get him done a little bit early and just say, hey, let's keep this group of younger guys together. I love Chris Jones. That is not a statement of like whatever, but it's it's one of the, it's like the opportunity cost of keeping Chris Jones at this point is probably going to be because he's having a good season and he's going to come back with maybe not you know not winning all the incentives or whatever in his current contract, but he's going to come back I think with a similar position of hey I'm the best defensive tackle in the in the league. Here's Aaron Donald's contract. I want to be you know in this realm. And I just don't know if you give that to him at this stage in his career when you have so many other young guys, right? Like, so. Him not getting those incentives is still one of the most negligent behaviors I've ever seen by an agent in my life. But that's a separate I, I, I concur. Uh, but again, he's not getting any younger. And, and I just, again, unless he, his representation changes and, you know, there's a little bit more of a, some negotiation there, willingness to come down. Um, yeah, so he's only got I, seven and a half sacks on the year as it sits, just so we yeah. know, that, which is now, still, they only gave him a half sack for those for somehow on Sunday. I don't know who yeah. else got half of that, but uh, it's still solid. And, and here's the thing, the chiefs have to invest a defensive tackle regardless if Chris Jones is here or not next year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's some, 
and this is what we're talking about before the show, and, and we can get into this another time or another place, but the Chiefs have some big de- – like, we finally have this defense that's clicking, and they have some big decisions to make this offseason. Um, you know, keeping Willie Gay, keeping Drew Tranquil, keeping – you know, who do we – Or at least – How do we parse all this out? Um, they're going to have cap space to work with, but they also need to figure out left tackle. They obviously need to figure out wide receiver. Um, again, I would go the route of what's the most I can get out of Chris Jones in a trade. Um, and if he's really serious about being chief for life, he's going to have to come to the table and, and play ball a little bit more. And I'm not asking him to do that. I would never ask any, any player to do that because I understand that you have to take care of your money and, and you know, you do what's best for you. It's not an ill will thing. But, you know, again, the um, <clears throat> um, if you're looking at an Aaron, Aaron Donald contract, his average salary is $31 million a year. So um, that's pretty steep. Or give 22, 21 to Sneed. Uh, that's a pretty easy decision for me. Yeah, I'm definitely in that boat as well. As far as I'd rather keep the younger core of guys together, keeping Sneed, keeping Willie, um, and just investing in some younger guys as opposed to, uh, you know, Chris, like I said, like, like Tom said, it's he's had a good year and he's had a fantastic career as a chief. I mean, he'll walk into the ring of honor one day, no mm-hmm. question no asked. Um, but it does seem like he is kind of one of these days. Yeah, definitely on the back nine of his career. Um, and definitely, I just don't know how much more, you know, for the price. Yeah, he's the best defensive tackle in the league right now. But, you know, I don't see that kind of maintaining the next two years. Uh, who knows? Maybe he, he keeps it going. But it just it seems like he's been on a little bit of a decline. Um, we still have some of those things, like uh, I believe it was last game where he had uh, just a dumb personal foul that uh that continued the drive and everyone was very up in arms about him that happens like once or twice every season still and it's just if it, it, you know it adds yeah, up it's kind of frustrating yeah it's you know it's it's interesting like that of his play i'll tell you yeah yeah you're right you're Travis right but us one of the two of those a year too that's he'd true throw, it's he'd, he'd jerk off an <laughs> official or he'd throw a towel at him or he'd yeah, we've seen Whatever. a lot more of that this year too. I mean, I've seen. I feel like we've been we've seen some more frustrated Kelsey than than normal in the past few years. So Can't imagine why he'd be more frustrated than this year than years past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would know, who would guess? But <clears throat> yeah, when it comes to Chris, I think you know, like Tom said, if if he's willing to to play ball a little bit better and get some better representation and actually makes a deal that's not too uh, doesn't hurt the Chiefs too badly, I'd be down for it. But um, he's also Still, probably worth a good amount via a, a tag and trade, and uh, you can use those pieces to, like Sam said, you still have to you have to invest the defensive tackle somehow. Um, so mm-hmm. we have the youngest defense in the league; might as well keep them young and uh, keep with that with that train of thought. Because as far as the defensive wise, Brett Beach has shown it to be a, a a pretty good you know drafter of defensive talent. Offense, it's it's still TBD, but. The defensive wise, I'm pretty confident in most in most defensive picks that we've seen from Brett Beach. So, yeah. The thing with the thing with this, when it comes to contracts yeah. and when it comes to when we do all this stuff and the things we have to remember about this is, and the way that the way that you do this the right way is, you do have to pay guys. You have to pay the right guys. Um, right it's not always necessarily. It's not mm-hmm. only always necessarily the fan base consensus right guys to pay. But 
it's you have to make sure you pay the right guys. You also have to make sure you pay the right guys for the locker room, though, because mm-hmm. if you don't pay the right guys for that locker room and they see, oh, well, these guys balled out and now they're just getting walking papers over and yeah. over again. And sign a big what's, free agent what's the incentive for us here? We're, we're not taking care of us here. So there's there's a there's a human aspect of it as much as there is a money aspect of it. And that's the portion of this and we can get back into the game stuff, but that's the portion Mm -hmm. that gets forgotten and gets overlooked and gets ignored a lot in a lot of these decisions. And well, how did this, how did this guy, this team get that guy, but this team couldn't get that guy for the same price. Well, there's a human element involved, not necessarily just a monetary element involved. So there's, there's more factors than that than the, the play in it's not just now some guys it's also about knowing your guys some guys it's all about that check baby how many dollars how many zeros where is the how many digits yeah. does it have in it and when does the Wherever, check show up? the highest bidder i'm coming your way you know then there's guys like i don't know your tight end who could be <laughs> making a lot more than he currently is and could have been for a while now and had no interest in it Matter of fact, a pretty public story about, and I've told it before on this podcast, about him doing what we suggested Critch's Owns do, which was fire your agents and take care of it yourself or find new representation. Um, He KO'd his agents and signed his own deal last time, or a couple couple deals ago, I think it was. Um, He's got new agency now, and I think they helped negotiate the last one. But if I remember right, and I remember this whole story coming out, two contracts ago, I believe it was, when they were doing that deal with Travis the agents were convinced he needed to get more and he told them I'm playing here. Goodbye. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. not everybody is the same dude. Yep. People have different things, mental um, homes, makeups, all that stuff makes different, makes the choosing where you do your job, just like it does for you at your office or at your school or where, whatever that is, those decisions, they're all human decisions. So stuff to keep in mind when you're talking yeah. about, player choices and contracts and development and when you're rooting for your priors and you shouldn't be. Yeah. And to just loop it all back to on-field stuff uh, and the original question you kind of posed, having Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie as your cornerback duo for the next couple years, that's pretty good to have. I mean, we saw yeah. like the Legion of Boom dominate for years in part because they just had a really good group of secondary guys, you know, like, like six of them. Like, yeah. And, it helps tremendously to have two lockdown corners that you can move around, trust with any receiver that you need. And uh, that goes a long way with helping the and pass it, rush, helping the young guys. Like It helps well, everything. And not only just move them around and, and you can put them on anybody, they can you can bring them from anywhere. Cause yeah. But they're also two the one, one of the better blitzing One of them used the to be the best blitzing quarterback in the league, and I think the other one is better than him at it now and than he was when he was the best corner in the league at it. It's pretty, yeah, it is pretty Legereus crazy. Legereus was, for two years, probably the best slot bits, blitzing corner in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And now Trent's got, yeah. what, four then, forced fumbles and three of them are off stripping quarterbacks? I say, multiple yep. times a game, they're sending him. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo's realized, like, hey, let's just start sending Trent now. Let's see how this works. Oh, it works commonly this as well. He's using That's crazy. it almost instead of the spy. He's yeah. sending yep. the corner instead of using the spy because – nobody's getting their hands on the corner and he's just running around keeping track of the quarterback anyway. So like, who cares? Like yeah. it's a, yeah. it's a, a beautiful wild thing. adjustment to a spy defense. <clears throat> no, nope, I'm going to spy you. It's just going to be with a blitzing corner instead. 
it's actually pretty funny how how Snead and McDuffie have basically switched roles this season because, like you said, Snead was always the slot guy. McDuffie was the outside guy. Now we've seen Snead take a tremendous step as far as being an outside boundary cornerback, and he's been really good at that now. And team I'll shut it down. The slot. Yeah. Snead plays for team shut it down on the outside. I don't <laughs> – Yeah. Go look well, at and, the numbers. Like, we talked about it a little – A.J. Brown is just yet another dude who got locked up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and crazy. Like, we've seen uh, a lot of corners in the system. We've, and, you know. Oh, God, uh, have we seen a lot of corners in the system? Spagnolo <laughs> has been around for a minute in the NFL. I don't think he's ever deployed the tactic of letting his number one guy, you know, shadow. We talked about this yeah. for like four years. But, yeah. He's never but done it. Sneed, Sneed yeah. has earned that with, and he's talked about that with the coaching staff, like having those conversations and kind of advocating for himself. And they finally said, all right. And then they let him do it. And it's worked out really well. Guys, guys, AJ Brown. Does anybody know his stat line from Sunday? I Not top of my head. Tom? I don't know. Was it two for, no, no. he had the big catch. No, no, he did not. Devontae Smith AJ did. Brown? Oh, AJ Brown okay. had one catch for eight yards on four targets. One okay. for eight. I'm going to read you AJ Brown's previous games before one for eight. The game prior, he had seven on nine for 66 yards and a touchdown in a win over Dallas. Before that, I'm not even going to read you the rest of the stuff. I'm just going to read you the yards because you'll get the picture here. Mm. Um, the games before that, the let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games prior to that, 130 yards receiving, 137 yards receiving, 131 yards receiving, 127 yards receiving, 175 yards receiving, 131 yards receiving. Yeah, so Snead just beat everybody about about 100 yards His or so. lowest yeah. on the season before the Chiefs game was four for 29 against the Vikings in September. Hmm. Okay. So just cut that in three, and then boom, there you have Snead. One for eight. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's some crazy numbers. And it's happened multiple times. I mean, Snead has locked down a lot of top guys this season uh, on a pretty consistent basis. I sure do wish Marcus Peters would have been able to play for, uh, for C. Spagnolo because I think he we would have seen some similar... Tackle. Well, we would have. I think he would. We would have seen some some similar stuff. Spags would have sent him to the moon. He doesn't tackle. <laughs> Listen, I'm still not over that. I over love that. Marcus, but he doesn't I don't know. tackle. I don't know. If you send him on a blitz, he might tackle. I. <laughs> I loved Marcus. I really did. I loved I'm him. Saying, I would have wanted to see him. That dude's biggest problem. I would have wanted to see him with not Bob Sutton. He was. He was the first edition of Trayvon Diggs. Feast famine. You're either getting hmm. the ball or you're getting torched. That might have worked well, though. That might have worked well with having like Snee as the blitzer, and then you put Maybe. Marcus on the outside. Just, you know? Oh God, he I'm doesn't. I'm just saying tackle, it would have been. I know Spags hates non-tackling corners. Yeah, I'm just saying if if Spags would have been there a year earlier, and had you know Marcus there, it would have it probably would have helped a little bit. I think I, it would. I bet you Marcus's attitude would have been better. With Spags oh, in the yeah. building. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> he hated Bob Sutton. So that's. <laughs> well, I think everybody. That would have helped tremendously. But. So, yeah. Um, 
that's about wrapped up for the Eagles game. We'll, we'll jump into the Raiders preview here. We've talked about uh, a good amount of what we kind of expect the team to look like. Um, obviously, we've mentioned a couple of times here, there has been uh, today, which is Saturday, the day you'll probably be listening to this, is there a lot of uh, Chiefs news that came out. Um, Kadarius Tony, who was full participant all week with an ankle injury, uh, declared out today with a ankle slash hip, um, which is a big blow for the wide receiver team or wide receiver group, especially when you also lose uh, Miko Hardman to the IR with a thumb injury. Um, so, yeah. And then we had LaMichael P. Ryan and Montreal Washington elevated. So the Chiefs wide receiver group versus the Raiders is going to look like MBS. You got uh, Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, and Richie James if he's if he's good to go. Richie's already on the active roster, so yeah, we'll see if they if they activate. Him. They'll probably activate him this week. They're the elevating Montreal Washington. Yeah, and then Montreal will take over the return duties once again. Maybe Richie will have the return duties too. Who knows? But I would assume if Montreal's activated and up from practice squad, he will be returning yeah. kicks. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so that's remember that's they were trying bit. to ship Richie James out not all that long ago. So well, Richie was, was more Richie was trying to get out. I think that's kind of either way. Not, not, yeah. not, not great either way. <laughs> yeah, not like he was playing super well. Although I mean, not, not like he people was have, um, people have been snaps. circulating stats Dude, that he has every... like the best separation targets, even though he played like ten snaps the two weeks he was here and oh look at the best separation the best catch percent br- this br- fan base is looking <laughs> for anything and uh, Garrett if if I told yeah. them that you could go out there and produce they would say sign you up I guarantee I probably, yeah I probably could too I mean I wouldn't drop the that first time the saying. first time you the caught time it, well. hit it and break you in half and then <laughs> yeah. I'm playing pretty well, well at corner yeah 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 tell them Tom yeah, you are, you are playing decent cornerback. Locked down. All right. Look at my stats. Google my stats. I'm the same. That's true. I'm the same. We're the tallest podcast in Chiefs Kingdom and the only podcast with a uh, NFL starting Yeah, corner. did you guys notice that Corey yeah. shorted us a couple of inches in height when he uh, described us online for 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 height the other day? Apparently, we're all 6'2". Oh, I'm 6'2", and I'm the shortest here. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I was that like, I, I, said, I guess I, mean, I shouldn't have said he shorted three. Tom. He shorted, he shorted Garrett and I a couple of inches. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, well, now I feel yeah. bad. But speaking of Corey, you guys still have a chance to get hey, into yeah. this giveaway. We should probably um, talk about that because uh, yeah. you guys need to ask us questions. You know, yeah. like yeah. any of the stuff we've talked about for the last 40 yeah. minutes. Or exactly. the stuff we're so going to talk have, about for the next If you have any questions or, and you want to get in on a giveaway. Look, Scout wants you to ask questions. He's coming. Ask the hey, questions. Ask questions. You can ask questions for Scout if you'd he like. Will answer, you want to know about Scout? I'll answer questions about Scout. He'll answer Tank's questions. Tank's running oh, around here people. somewhere. Hi. Tank's so yeah, around if you want to get in on the questions. giveaway, go over to our Twitter. Oh. You can see all the rules and, and regulations or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, also head over to our YouTube and uh, leave a comment. With the you, you get a chance to get one of these. Yeah, which unfortunately Ooh, and, and another and that. another one too. Yeah, yeah, we unfortunately won't probably see that Rick rated on Sunday uh, when the Chiefs face the Raiders. Yeah, that's sad as hell. Max I was hoping, Crosby I was is, forward to that. He is doubtful for the game. Not out, but he is doubtful uh, for the game, which basically means out. But, but, we'll, but we'll the, see doubtful, the doubtful tag is never uh, a good Not time. many people have, have gotten especially, past the doubtful tag. Especially yeah. not on – we're recording this on mm, Saturday? That's probably yeah. bad for yeah. – yeah, gonna so be, that's going to be a, a big loss for the true Raiders. True game defense. time decision on that one. 
yeah, which either way, even if he did play, he'd probably be on a little bit of a pitch count. So it's it's not great. Not like we're going to see a huge dose of that, which is a huge loss for that Raiders defense because he is a phenomenal player, like definitely a lightning rod for that team. One of the highlights of the, of that Raiders defense. One of the um, only highlights on that team. I, I was just thinking, I couldn't tell you one other player on the Raiders defense, I don't think. Uh, uh, <laughs> Cleveland Farrell's not there uh, anymore. They, wait, 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 wait. Who's the other end? Did they go get a different end or did they ship him out? thought they had another Who is their other end? We oh, are... yeah, Ngakwe's gone now because they tried that. Khalil's look up not there anymore. Here. That's gone. They got... Uh, uh, they have a D-tackle whose name I Tyree Wilson they drafted. Wilson. Um, he's been not very good and injured, though, so... Hey, they have Michael Mayer. I can tell you that guy. He's on their offense, though. He That's on the that offense. They got old D- Divine Diablo on uh, at linebacker or Oh, uh, you remember Stain. when we really wanted him as, as that little Swiss Army knife in, like, the fifth yeah. or sixth round? They do have line. Robert Splane, who is a dog at linebacker. I, he I is... do like me Splane, and that, that, yeah. uh, that pregnancy yeah. announcement was pretty epic, so good on him, and congrats to him and, and his uh, other half. The only the... other real notable player on their defense is the guy we just talked about, Marcus Peters, who is who is on that team. So He's we'll on there, still? He's still playing? He is, on, yeah. he is starting cornerback. Get some, get some something on him. Yeah. He is uh, susceptible to some of the double moves and some of the As other I things. As I just mentioned, if Save he doesn't get the ball. Yeah. And uh, Andy might know who, uh, how to exploit some of that. Hopefully we see Andy kind of target target Marcus a little bit because he, he kind of knows him pretty well. So, uh, yeah, defense uh, defensively-wise for the Raiders, I'm not too worried about. Um, but obviously it's just the offense. Once again, shooting itself in the foot or not, seeing if they can yeah. wake up get some uh, cohesive drives together, eliminate the mistakes, eliminate the penalties. Don't run and... away from the run game when it's working. Yeah. I know, I yeah. Know, Stick with the run game. There's a $500 million quarterback and I get all that. But when you're, when you're getting five and a half yards a rip, might as well just do that a little more. Might, might want to do that a little more. Um, yeah. Let, let Pacheco have a few extra and, and not, not just have carries run the carries that were working. Stop going from what was working to let's change up our whole entire run philosophy because we just feel like it on this play. Like right. you're dominating them on, on certain run calls. And then we decide to run outside zone or a toss play to the edge. Like, yeah. Or a dreaded jet sweep. No more jet sweeps. All I right. don't even care about the jet I don't even sweep. know if we ran one run last it. time, but. Run it with the motion. That's the whole where... side agenda I have. I need the NFL needs to eliminate jet sweeps. I think, at least the Chiefs, because we haven't had a successful jet sweep in maybe three years. I just uh, hate that to you guys. That's not think... accurate because McCall had like six last year. But it's true, fine. Kyle. No, Kyle, trust me. <laughs> Kyle, trust me. I need you to trust but me it's, it's... The jet sweep needs to die. What needs to die is them running it as the main option and then handing it to him. It used to be the decoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not using it as the decoy you have to run the jet sweep motion with a regular run play three or four times before you pull the decoy out and right. they Otherwise, actually they not know. decoy yeah. like it, you make a fair know, point you they know this point. stuff they, Andy don't by any means think Andy Reid does not know this stuff it's just the decisions in game from play call to play call drive to drive it seems to be it doesn't lack. just seem to be that the wide receivers lack confidence. It seems to be that the coaching staff is lacking some confidence in them. I would say, yeah, there's a lot of... And they're of trying to force the feed confidence offense, into really. them, which I think is why we're seeing some of these god-awful 
some of the play calling decisions that we've seen is is more to force feed guys confidence which is not working um than it is based on worrying about necessarily that play that down if that makes sense they're far more worried about january and december and how guys are feeling by then with their confidence levels than they are getting third and four right this yeah. second in a game they have that Andy Reid has like always he's always kind of been like that but this year it's really been like all right let's just throw things onto the fan and see if they stick basically it's not yeah. been the most fun fun strategy to watch from a fan perspective but hey we've only lost three games still so we have to we have to be kind of mindful about this but yeah. Yeah, and um, we're still in the driver's seat in the AFC, and there's still lots yeah. of positives, right? But it is not the biggest the sky thing is, is not they won't be to uh, involve Rasheed Rice more. Well, I, I you're going to get plenty of him tomorrow on Sunday because unless, they don't have yeah. any options. Unless they just keep on throwing Justin Watson every snap. They, they don't have another wide yeah. receiver outside of the yeah. top two. These Raiders, I've never asked you to do one thing, but I need you to just double Justin Watson every turn, every every snap. Please. So then they triple can, team Actually, just shade your whole second well, I mean, if you look at it, Your wide receivers this week are are going to be in order. MVS Watson and Rice as your depth chart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just there's there's nobody else that's in between those three on the depth chart. Nobody. Sky Moore. No, he's not. He's no, he's them. not. He's on the Below depth chart. He's beneath the depth them chart. On that depth yeah. chart. There's he's no, in there though. He's yes, but he's not above the. It, we don't need to see him though. Between we don't one need to see through three, one. there's nobody between Rice and the top two guys. Yeah, nobody. But, but, it is MBS Watson and Rice. But that they still it. they rotate receivers, and that's the part. I of, know like, the chemistry element. Yeah, it's just you rotate the receivers, and it's like, oh look, Rasheed Rice made a really big play, and he's on the sidelines for this, six plays. And he's off. Yeah. Theoretically, <laughs> this should force them to shrink their group that they're using and how yeah. they're using them. Theoretically, that has been the. You're now missing. You're now missing Tony and McColl. They're the and and everybody's they're they do a lot of the same things. Well, now they're both gone. So now both of them being gone, now now the things that they do, now you have to have either Rice or Sky do them, and it's going to be Rice before Sky in a lot of those instances. Some of the stuff we may not want to see them do, they may give Sky like jet sweeps. But still, yeah, ultimately this, you know, and you don't, like I said, we don't want to see guys get injured, but this is something we've kind of wanted to see from the offense in general is just narrowing down the receiving options. Now, I wouldn't say this is the most ideal, you know, group of guys. I would have probably preferred a couple other guys in this rotation, but either way, we are getting a more refined, uh, you know, more managed. There's not had to feed as many mouths type deal on the offense. You can kind of get some more guys, uh, more snaps, more integration, and uh, more comfort instead of having to take them and rotate guys every snap. Uh, so we'll see. We will see how uh, how this Chiefs offense can kind of respond, bounce back after that. Uh, you know, very. I'd say it's a very embarrassing performance, especially in the second half. Oh, they like, have to be embarrassed by it. Yeah. And it was also the, uh, I believe it was the most watched Monday night football game in like the past 20 years or some, you know, even the most watched game period in the past 20 years. So it's, you know, a lot of people saw the, uh, the Chiefs wide receivers just shit the bed. So that's not fun. And uh, hopefully they'll bounce back from that. So there's nothing better than beating the Raiders to get, get yourself right. 
Yeah. Last year we saw Travis Kelsey score four <laughs> touchdowns versus the Raiders. So maybe we'll see that again. Who knows? Maybe we'll just feed Kelsey more. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, but we don't also need a 33-year-old tight end on the field for 94% snaps. Just just saying. Uh, Defensive-wise uh, for the Chiefs here. Um, or offense. No, I said that right. Yeah. As far as the Chiefs defense going against this Raiders offense, uh, not a whole lot to fear, I'd say. You know, they got Aiden O'Connell back there at, at quarterback. They got Devontae Adams. Um, they got Michael Mayer. And uh, they still have Josh Jacobs, who is a very good running back. Um, but not a whole lot to fear, I think. Definitely a worse team by a long shot compared to the Eagles. So if we see anywhere near as good a performance from the defense as we did last week, um, yeah, I don't see them really doing much uh, on for the Raiders offense. What do you guys think? I, I mean, we got to make sure we're playing the run well. Um, and I mean, it's, I, I think it'll be interesting because, you know, um, Antonio Pierce was the linebacker for uh, Bagnolo for so long um, in those Giants. I like Pierce as a coach. Um, you can go yeah, back I don't and really do, like the fact and, that the Raiders have a coach that I like. Yeah, that he's well, especially because he's actually competent. Can we bring Josh McDaniels yeah. back? Um, I know, we never even got so to deal with game. I think the biggest thing is they're going to want to make it a fist fight and that kind of thing, and they want to play you know a, a physical game. They're going to want to run the ball and, and all that. And I think the Chiefs will be up for it, but um, especially if they're struggling on offense, the Chiefs need to make sure that they can they can like we said commit to the run and. Um, you know, Devonte Adams is there for the big plays. They've got some other pieces. You you gotta at least respect what they have. Um, but you know, the, on paper, in a lot of ways, there should be a clear advantage here, um, tilting towards the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we talked about their their best weapon is hampered already by a backup quarterback, and is hampered more so by Lajarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie. I. De- Devonte Adams has had a unfun time since he got to Vegas, and I don't envision it getting any more fun this weekend. I really don't. Um, they they're bad. It's a bad matchup for Vegas's offense. It really is. And yeah. I know they have Josh Jacobs, and I know that they can try to run the ball some. They've struggled to run the ball effectively as well. Um, they have some. Their line is, I, I, they've got some work to do at the Raiders facilities. Um, I think yeah. they've been living a lot on the energy of, we got rid of the guy we could not absolutely hated with a flaming passion because no one can stand that dude outside of New England apparently. <laughs> um, and they've done a quite a good job with that. And they're and Antonio Pierce has been able to coach them to two wins against. Teams that aren't as aren't good, aren't great teams, aren't supposed mm-hmm. to be good teams, and I yeah. think that he's a better coach than people gave him credit for. So mm-hmm. that's that's going to be a lot of it. But I just when there's eventually limitations, and that energy kind of runs out, and that you're not you're not get, you don't have the coaching advantage this weekend on either side of the ball, you know. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. Um, Last thing I'd say about the Raiders, they do have, you know, they still have Hunter Renfro. They got Jacoby Myers, who they have Hunter Renfro. Speaking, too? Somebody should tell the Raiders have, that. Yeah, yeah. They haven't used him much, but Jacoby Myers actually might be a sneaky good performer. He's been he's been sneaky good for them as wide receiver three. I forgot he was still in the league. 
Yeah, he's he's been talked he's, about a lot he's by been Patriot an excellent fans. Wide receiver three for yeah. every wide receiver three he's been because he was a wide receiver three with the Patriots and now he's a wide receiver three with the Raiders apparently. That's I, true. Yeah, the only thing I would compare it to would be Josh Palmer's performance versus us a couple weeks ago. That was like you know we've mm-hmm. seen some wide receivers three have some have some decent games versus us, but yeah, nothing nothing too scary to worry about. Like I said, Aiden their O'Connor. third or fourth option. Yeah. Oh well, you know we'll we'll lose. We'll if they it's want an, to beat us with that team. guy, it's we'll an NFL game. It. You're gonna have um, to take you somebody. You have to make them beat you with something. Somebody's got to beat you. You can't take everything that's away. That's true. So, uh, score predictions here before we get out of here. Uh, like I said, this this Thanksgiving weekend, um, which we apologize for having a little bit later of an episode, just Thanksgiving plans and whatnot, kind of got in the way. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'll start it out here. Um, I think if the Chiefs can. Can pull themselves together on offense. This should be a pretty easy win. I don't expect a ton of numbers, but I'll I'll maybe go out on a limb and be like twenty eight to fourteen. As maybe a fair if if the Raiders can score fourteen and if the Raider if the Chiefs can score any points early in the second half, that's just going to be the the thing to watch out for, in my opinion. I think this looks a lot like the last several weeks because they always do this to the Raiders. I think they're up big at half, and I think they coast in the second half again like we do all the time with the Raiders. Uh, what was the year we scored 40 points in the second quarter and then didn't do anything for the rest of the game or whatever it was? Yeah, it was kinda... That was a great, that was a great I, game. I was at a Raiders bar that game, and I left at halftime because I was like, all right, guys, <laughs> see you precautions. Yeah, probably. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'll be heading out now. <laughs> um, Until this offense tells me that they can score points and by tells me i mean shows it i don't i take the under it's 43 and a half i'm taking the yeah. under they're they're gonna cover probably because it's a 10 point spread against the raiders and the raiders are but like I, i'm I, 24 to 10 yeah yeah that's very Maybe likely 21 to 10 and if it's 24 to 10 the defense probably scored a touchdown and I'm not even joking at this point. Like it's probably 17-10 offense with a, with a defensive touchdown, which yeah. is vomitous to say. If but that's how what this offense has been. More than two touchdowns, I will be very surprised. This but offense has been nauseating, frankly, and it's it's not even it's it's stupid stuff. It's not nauseating for oh my god, they don't know what they're doing. This is there's just no talent. They're just incompetent. This is absurd. It's not Chicago or the Jets. <laughs> It's not Tim Boyle out there doinking dudes in the helmet yeah. throwing pick sixes on Hail Marys. Like, Can't no. use that Tim Boyle. But it's it's basics. It's catch it before you run with it. It's use your hands and to catch the ball and not your chest. It's run the route all the way through the end of the route. It's turn your head. Like... The basics. This is why I have so much frustration with the wide receiver coaching. Like, I know Tom is like, mm-hmm. why are we banging on one dude? That's why. It's the simple little, I teach this stuff to, like, when I coached flag football to eight-year-olds type <laughs> stuff. Like, these are the basics, guys. And this is the NFL. I know it's this faster, but you can't have trouble with the little simple things and expect them to get really complicated intricate things because that's what andy's offense is if you can't yeah, catch a five no... yard curl why would i expect you to be able to run a whip route and a, and a dig across the top and expect you to do any of what i just told you and catch the ball if you did do that 
Yeah, there ain't no. This ain't no Missouri Valley uh, State, you know. Give me twenty four ten, and I did the offense until they can show us that they put can put up thirty points. I don't. I won't believe it until I see it. Yeah, yeah. Tom, what do you got for us? Um, this one. I'm gonna go. It's to be closer than we want. I think it'll be very similar to how Kyle described. Like get ahead. And then coast. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say 28, 28 to seventeen. Oh, stick it pretty close to yours, Garrett. You said yeah. twenty eight fourteen, right? Twenty eight fourteen. Yeah. It's yeah. So it seems like it's going to be a two score game. Tom says take the over. I, yeah. I th- well mm, by a half a point. <laughs> well, there's a part of me that right over right there, twenty-seven, yeah. but I just don't. I don't know. It's. I feel like it's gonna be a frustrating game, but the Chiefs will come out. I'm hoping they will. Anyway, it's on top. They better. They, they better. They sure better. Yeah. They lose ball. this one. They will be dealing with skies mm-hmm. falling kingdom because it will be an utter lead. Yeah. Yeah. If you lose to the Raiders, that's that is well a nightmare situation. The other part of that is they shouldn't have to worry about us because it should be a problem for them in that locker room because it's Raiders week and I don't care. If it's 1999 or 2059, it's still Raiders week. Yeah, this is the biggest regular season game every year, basically. Even though it might not feel like that matchup-wise, but this is the one you need to win. These two games, which we're we're playing them now, and then we don't play them again for a few more weeks, but then we play them again here Mm. down the stretch. For all the other conversational talk about division rivals and so on and so forth and dislike and whatnot, no, this is it. This is this the is, one. This is the one and only, really. <laughs> the, the 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 Broncos and you the Chargers, like the new nonsense with the Bengals and the Bills. None of not no 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 no. This is the one. This is the this is the two teams that would they just no. Too much history. Too much dislike. Too much acrimonious and angry behavior between the two. Too mm. much nonsense. Go in there and make your statements. These are statement games. You're supposed to destroy this team. Destroy them. Very well said. With that being said, we will get you guys out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in and watching and listening to this one. Uh, Be sure to check us out on YouTube. The Kingdom Says. Uh, Go over there, leave a comment, ask us some questions. Uh, You can get entered into a giveaway. Um, Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Kingdom Says Pod. And we will see you guys next week on another episode of The Kingdom Says.